Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars rewards. That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate. Welcome to the Diversity Remix, busting the echo chambers of culture, politics, and business. I'm Charlie Echeverry. And I'm Jesus Chavez. This week on TDR, trans-exclusionary apps, Crenshaw versus the Kid, and Olympic athlete censorship. Is a new female-only mobile app simply creating a safe space for the fairer sex? Or are we witnessing a new tech version of the ugly truth of segregation? Did a popular congressman speak truth firmly and resolutely in responding to an unfair question about his faith? Or did he succumb to hypocrisy, adding to the coarseness of the current dialogue between the parties? And finally, is the International Olympic Committee simply maintaining the spirit of the games by keeping politics out of sports? Or are they enabling a serial human rights abuser to continue in their violations? This and more today on TDR. Episode 72, Charlie. Little by little. 72 what? Sorry, episode. Episode 72. Oh, yeah. I thought you were saying something. I was like, what is 72? I'm telling you, I've been so scrambled. Like, you know, I guess it's a byproduct on some level or side effect of COVID. Mm -hmm. But so, like, hard for me to latch on to ideas. Like, you know, ideas kind of go sifting through the transom of my mind like these big giant bubbles and I don't like latch on to any of them and I found myself in like asking things to be repeated you know my wife will talk to me and ask me a question I'm like what were we talking about I mean it's it's like the weirdest kind of amorphousness and haze yeah like a, very a fogginess right that's interesting yeah oh. it is and I and I, I've, I've I've seen the you know, the data on it and there's a lot of fogginess and all this other stuff, but it's Mm -hmm. like, it's weird because even fogginess doesn't really capture it. Yeah. It's not, it's not like, um, it's just a, it's a lack of things. It's your processing power maybe or something that's, that's impacted. And so normally, you know, you're able to kind of piece, or at least I am able to piece something together and kind of put the, the general thought into my mind. And then Mm -hmm. my words get spit out to reflect the thought. Mm-hmm. And now it's like those things are coming together almost in real time. It's so hard to explain. It's oh, so hard to explain. 
That is, yeah, yeah, yeah that's rough. Um, and have you seen it get better since, like, now you're a little bit over a week removed, right, of, of when it's, you first found the, out? Yeah, that's the other thing that's weird is, like, you know, because I, I told you, and I think I mentioned on the show last week, that I had, you know, very low physical symptoms, right? On Wednesday, I tested positive, and from, like, 9 a.m. to, like, 2 p.m., I felt pretty bad. Uh, took a nap, woke up, and I was like, "Wow, I feel great." And then I started this whole, uh, uh, you know, therapeutic protocol that my mm-hmm. doctor put me on, and really symptom-free essentially since then: headaches, fever, none of that stuff, no coughing, nothing weird, a little bit of like minor congestion, but nothing, nothing mm-hmm. beyond what I might normally have. But I didn't have this kind of weird amorphous kind of feeling of a lack of definition in my brain. And now, uh, since for the last couple, two, three days, I've felt that. Oh, that's interesting. So it, mm-hmm. it's not like I've had that the entire time and it's gotten better. It, it, I didn't have it at all. And then I started to get it. <laughs> like, right, right. You know, almost like four or five days into it. And it is so curious, man, because you know me, especially like maybe because I'm just very finely or acutely aware of my own kind of brain inner workings. But when things are not right, mm-hmm. I can tell right away. And it's right. like, you know what I mean? And so it's 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 a fascinating thing, um, this whole fogginess or whatever lack of lack of Christmas or however you want to describe it. But I have that, whatever that is. So that's a long way of explaining why I missed your reference to seventy two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know, uh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. The other thing rough. that the, the other thing that I wanted to chat about just really quickly about COVID, and then we can move on because we should move on um, is. I don't know why this didn't hit me until, well, I'm sure a lot of it had hit me because I hadn't had it. But Mm -hmm. now that I have had it, it, that really bothers me is the lack of any kind of emphasis, it seems, a government or other, you know, bodies, parties, et cetera, about what to do when you get COVID. Like, what are you supposed to do? You know, there's so much emphasis on... Yeah, like, you know, you get your vaccine and, you know, because get your vaccine uh, so that you can minimize the risks of being hospitalized or or serious illness. Like that message, talk about rinse and repeat, like, wow, you've nailed that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the message of like, what do I do when I have it? What do I do? Do you you drink liquids, go to sleep? Do you work out? Do you not work out? How should you eat? What's your level of hydration? What supplements could I take? I mean, like, nothing and you've got like tens of millions of people who have gotten this now at this point i think in la what are we up to like three hundred thousand a day or something it's an insane number Uh, i haven't looked at it yeah but it's been uh i noticed it's been slowing down but it is a big number of uh obviously people that have gotten the case you know cases COVID cases but it's reaching critical mass. I mean, I just mm-hmm. I just today heard from one of the nonprofits that I'm on the, the board of. They've got 50 people on staff down in San Diego, and literally everyone in the building has it. Like everyone right, simultaneously. Right. And so it's like it's, it's, it's gotten to like reach this kind of critical moment. But I got to tell you, man, I just – I started thinking about that. And I honestly had never thought about this. Mm-hmm. As much as you and I have talked about like, hey, we need to talk more about health and blah, blah, as prevention. We've talked about that. Right. But what we hadn't talked about, or at least I hadn't thought about, was why are we? Why does nobody want to talk about what you're supposed to do once you get it? Right, right. Yeah, no, that's a that's a really good point. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good answer for that. I, I mean, I would say if I was to try to come up with an answer, and I don't say this is my answer, but if I was to try to come up with one, 
it would be at least a narrative, and it does feel like it, that the way people react to getting COVID varied so much or has varied so much. Some people got like literally asymptomatic, other folks, maybe like yourself, a little bit of symptoms, but then it kind of dies off. Uh, and then you have, of course, people that have gotten really, really sick and have to get hospitalized, et cetera. And maybe it's because of that variance that, that you know, there hasn't been clear guidance. I don't know. I mean, that, that would be the only thing that I could think of that could be in a realm of possibility as to why not discuss that. Because I get I get your point. It's like, okay, no, I, I got the, yeah, get vaccinated. I got it. But let's say you do get it. Then what? Right? Like, no, no, no I got it. Let's, let's minimize catching it. Got it. Okay, but then what? The then what I think is a very, very fair one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, don't, I agree with you. I don't think I've heard enough. Do you but, think uh, that uh-huh. on, on some level – is it possible because you can imagine in a kind of a corporate setting or business setting, a consultant or some other person just saying, listen, we don't want, we want to, we want, we don't want to mix messages. We don't want to take our foot off the gas of get vaccinated. So any message that isn't go get your vaccine runs a risk of telling people that there's something other than getting a vaccine. Could some of it, yeah, that. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure there's that, right? I mean, listen, I think this is this whole thing around the pandemic has been one that I'm sure at some point there'll be a good case study being done uh, around how, you know, at a federal level it was handled, how the state level was handled. Just think about not just the forget the medicine for a second, but just communication strategies and what has worked and what hasn't, right? Look, for as much as, as now Cuomo has been, you know, take it to the ringer for, and for really good reason for all the stupid things that he did both, you know, with, with the, with the elderly, with women, like all the things that he did. Right. The one thing that I really mm-hmm. appreciated that I thought he did really, really well, much better than, than the Newsom. And I'm going to use them as two points of comparison. I'm not even talking about everybody else is that how he gave those updates were so to the point during a really critical time where it was like, let's start with the data. Let's start with where we are, where we are today, versus where we were yesterday, new cases, da, 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 hospitalizations. And it was like this scorecard that sort of kept on coming up as a way to kind of communicate where we currently sit, even if the news was getting much, much worse. But there's so much to be said about just having good messaging and the kind of messaging that is more effective. And there's been so many, we've talked about, even from the CDC, so many ch- mixed messages or changing of the message. And, and I think that's part of the challenge that you have here. But I could totally see someone saying that, which is if we focus too much or even some on talking about the what do you do next, is I'm mean, almost taking away from the messaging that is focused on preventing it to begin with because that's where we are, are, are you know, trying to maximize that messaging. I guess that could be part, part of it. Although at this point, I think to your, to your point, so people have gone sick that it, it almost doesn't it doesn't make sense anymore, right? It's like it, it's really prevalent, right? Now. It's it's no it's no longer like an exception to the rule. It is the rule. The rule is you have it or have gotten it or we'll get it again. I right. I, I I think I told you about my my buddy who got who has it who's had it now three times. Him and his whole family, and like you know, it, it's like so yeah. So the rule probably now is you've had it or you're about to. You know, not it's an exception. Although, but in terms of reported cases, by the way, for I'm, I'm guessing this is total for California, it says 7.9 million reported cases to date, and that's out of you know population. What is it like? Almost 40 million, 30 right? Million. Yeah, 30, 30 something, something like right? That, yeah. yeah. 30, mm-hmm. So it's it is a big number, right? I mean, you can't think of that. I guess it's, it could still go for a while, but it does feel. I would agree with you that everyone. 
you know, in that inner circle at this point has gotten it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And even, look, even, you know, it's okay for, I think, for us to share this, but even because, you know, we actually were together on the day before you you tested, you know, positive. I had, you know, I went and got tested, and I got tested twice, came back negative twice. But even that was a surprise, frankly. My expectation was, like, I definitely have it. Like, it feels yeah. so contagious at this point that, you know, it's a matter of time. Uh, and uh, and just some other person, well, I, I, another I, person just popped up today that I know really well that just got COVID as well. It's just like it's like across the board. Yeah, it definitely is. But but I got to tell you, I think that there's a lot there to reflect on and about the whole like what do you do when you get it because there are a lot of you know interesting therapeutics. There's a lot of just there's a variety of opinions on this, right? Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the closest thing I've, I've ever heard is like, well, talk to your doctor. It's like, yeah, I get it. But so you're saying that there's no common. There's no best, best practices. Practice. Yeah, right, right. Like, yeah. There, we have best practices for everything. You can like, ma- how to make a rocket ship in your basement, there's a best practice for. But <laughs> there's a, no best practice. There's a YouTube video for that. <laughs> there probably is. There probably I'm sure is. I'm sure there one. is. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Um, you know? My yeah. son learns how to fly on YouTube, but we don't know what best practice. It's like, so I just was really thinking about that. And then, um, and, and it just struck me. I don't know. I just, and it, it bugged me in a way because I feel like a lot of people, like, you know, might be just unnecessarily stressing, suffering. And then I see this, you know, last point. I, I know I lied, but the last point um, is I see this poll, this uh, morning con- consult poll uh-huh. uh, from the New York Times email the, the, today. Did you see this thing? Do you get the morning? Uh-huh. Uh, the New York uh, Times in the morning. I I, I didn't see it. I don't know if I, I don't know if I get that one. What was about the poll? The two, the two COVID Americas about the the starkly different sort of impact of young and old on all the defining characteristics. The degree to which so b- basically the headline is it's completely counterintuitive. If you're older and unvaccinated, you're not worried. If you're young and double or triple vaccinated, you're very worried. Like it, it, it's this it's this 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 panorama of hilarious. just you know cognitive dissonance and and it and it explains it across a bunch of different factors right schooling whether or not you have a vaccine how worried you are about getting covid again all of these things and it breaks it up basically by age right and it, it's it's a fascinating read but anyway some portion of the that separation and that gap between those two those two old and young realities mm-hmm. to my mind is a lot of kind of one note emphasis on one thing and not a lot of discussion around a variety of things around COVID. At least that's a theory. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. So anyway, um, so that's my COVID rant. Well, listen, hopefully the, that fogginess or whatever that is starts to, uh, uh, dissipate hopefully pretty soon because yeah, I can, I can understand that being frustrating, right? If you're finding yourself like not being able to focus or just some of that lingering, um, that, you know, that, that can happen. But look, I'm glad to see you. you. You look good. You look you look normal. I mean, you had you really were. I mean, I would say that was that one day where you that you just not look good. That was like that Wednesday, right? We had one call yeah, with like, oh man, yeah, something. yeah, yeah. And, and you know what's funny with you, Charlie, is that I've never seen you sick. I don't think we ever I've ever had a conversation with you where you're actually sick. Because I was like, I know. me that has some kind of little cold or something like nagging me, so I'm not used to it. So and when I'm I saw all, and you, I'm always giving you crap. I mean, I was giving you crap. Honest, so yeah. I started to like. Dude, you okay? Like something is really wrong. I know. I know. Well, the irony of that statement is it's true that you haven't seen me sick unless I'm in the hospital, in which case you have seen. It's like you know, it's like it's like feast or famine. Feast or famine. (laughs) Dude, you gotta be more, you know, more in the middle. You can't can't be going to those extremes. 
You know me, man. I'm a wild swinger, apparently. So anyway, speaking of wild swinging, we've got some uh, very interesting topics to cover today. We've got uh, turf exclusionary apps. We've got the Olympics. We've got my friend Dan Crenshaw. We've got all kinds of stuff going on. We do, yeah. So should we, should we get into it? I think so. Let's start. Uh, first, courage or cringe? A social media app just for females intentionally excludes trans women, and some say its face recognition AI discriminates against women of color too. So, <laughs> yeah, you read that headline like, Sounds oh, like it'd be a yeah, story. it's gonna be a fun one. This so, is gonna be a story. So there is this new social media app and uh, social media and networking app aimed at females called mm-hmm. Giggle. Which, by the way, just on the name itself, I could, we could do a whole courage or cringe. It's like if you're going to you're gonna focus yeah. on women and call it giggle, like isn't there some little, at least a little bit of pandering that you're doing here, right? It seems um, very very folksy. It sounds very, like it sounds like I mean maybe for like a twelve year old girl app or exactly, something. You know what I mean? Like, but, but this is for women. Yeah. Like this just seems yeah, like something's wrong here. Well, is it is it is it is it clear to you though what the what even the intent of the app is or what to compare it to? Is it like a clubhouse? Is it like an inst- is it like Instagram? Is it what is it? I, I think I would put it more in the and obviously I can't go in it, but at least from what I've read, uh, it's it's more like in the I would put it more like in the Facebook kind of uh, category. Like okay, social media, right. you know, social media networking. So I don't know if that's like Facebook slash LinkedIn, but in that kind of space, um, sure. it's probably where I put it more. But obviously this thing is making a lot of waves and, and not the good kind of waves, right? So the app, it launched in 2020 uh, and uses facial recognition to identify if a user is a female or male, right? Uh, or other, I guess, and admits a user if they are not determined that a user is a female. Right um, now, however, if they do get rejected, they do have an ability to submit another picture or video, et cetera, that, that they could put in. Right. So what mm-hmm. could possibly go wrong with this with this kind of technology? So, of course, there was immediate uh, controversy for apparently two main reasons. One is that they are excluding transgender women. And we'll talk about that because actually that's an intentional thing that they're doing. And then second, for the AI itself that is being used and accused of often failing to identify women of color. Now, let's talk about the second one first, right? And we actually, I don't know if you recall it, but we talked about this a while back. We did, um, yeah. So there was in a 2019 study from MIT Media Lab, they found that Cairo's technology, which is actually the technology that, that this, this, uh, this app, is, that Giggle is using, the app is using. Is using. Yeah, yeah, it misgendered darker-skinned females 22.5% of the time, right? So almost a quarter percent of the so, time. So, so, so. So to be clear on that, just so I understand what you're talking uh-huh. about, if, if these are women who are darker skinned, right. have a darker complexion, and the AI says these are men. Right. So for – or yeah. It, it. Right. So one out of four women who was darker skinned mm-hmm. was being misgendered as being male instead of female, right? Uh, and this okay. is the technology that they're using. So there is, at least from the at least the, the research, there is a, an argument to be made here that the tech that they're using is, is, is faulty. And um and obviously identifying people incorrectly, right? Okay. Now let me let me mm-hmm. let me ask you a question though, just before we move on. So p- part of this also is how much credit or flack do you give a startup based on iterations of their own technology? So what I mean by that is, how seriously do you weight the fact that in the beginning, when things are in beta, alpha, whatever? The build is going. There's all kinds of brokenness with all kinds of things. You see what I'm saying? In other words, like that nobody would sit there and go, oh, 
a 22% or 23% failure rate is what we want, but it is in a way a weird kind of par for the course with any developing technology that's going to just yeah. be a mess. I, th- I think I agree with you. So there, it, this is why to me, while this can feel very literally black or white conversation, there is grayness that we can talk about, right? That one is one of them. I don't, the, the way that I thought about it more is like, if it's something that is mission critical, then having a you know, 22%, 25% fail rate, is that something technology that you want to be using? Because look, put it from the perspective that if you, if this is really a safe space for females, but yet to get in the door, and if you're happen to be darker skin, won't, like a quarter of the time, you may not be let in because you're being accused of not being female enough or not looking, frankly, looking female enough. That's like really mission critical in my mind that maybe that should be a manual review first and foremost, and not an AI review so that you're able to maybe not have the kind of scale that you want to have, but it's a better process because you want to err yeah. or not making females feel like they're not female enough because they don't look, you know, basically Eurocentric enough. And that's basically what this thing is being accused of, which is, yeah, if you happen to be white and, and, and look like a typical more European looking woman, then the likelihood of you coming in and not having any of these issues, that it's, it's, it's a non-issue. So that's part of the thing, though. Yeah, the that sounds that sounds pretty reasonable to me. I mean, it's, it sounds like what you're saying is basically a 22 or 23 uh, percent failure rate on this particular issue, given how central it is to the overall mission of your company, makes it more of a showstopper, right. which means you probably aren't ready for prime time to use that for this purpose. For this purpose, right? And so, yeah, maybe it's right. maybe it should okay. be back. Yeah. Maybe it should be. You know, one way to do it would be like, hey, we're going to use AI, but anytime we get a no, it's going to be manually reviewed first before we give a no to the person. I don't know. There, right. There's like I mean, ways to kind of so, back that up, right? Yeah. So like to still have some at some scale, but only the ones that are like borderline, right? And I, I yeah, that sounds reasonable. I just wanted to qualify it in the sense of like, oh my gosh, this failure rate. And meanwhile, like we've been in companies where you and I both know that like you launch something and it is a disaster <laughs> yeah. and you have to go through like 97 yeah, yeah, yeah. iterations before it approaches what you thought it might it might do. For sure, for sure. Yeah, and that, and that happens. So I think people can be pretty, pretty forgiving when people know that you're trying to be better about something. But in this case, it is pretty mission critical, right, for what that, for that community they're trying to build. Right then, there's okay. whole then there's actually the whole, the whole issue of excluding trans women, right? And here's where the founder yeah. and CEO uh, Sal Grover uh, has taken a stance and a, and and also a major hit a major heat, but not without fighting back. Now Grover wanted to and for the record, mm-hmm. Sal is is actually short for Sally, not for right. Salvatore. It's a, it's a woman. That, so yeah, it, yeah. That, that is a woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Grover wanted to create a, a space for females rather than a space for for women. Now, this was intentional, right? Grover said, adding that the word women had been so heavily appropriated that clarification feel, you know, felt necessary, right? So this is very intentional from the design. Now, Grover says she decided to exclude trans women from Giggle after some trans women posted threats against TERFs on the app, right? So against other people that were already in the community. Um, now, she said to this point, there was an orchestrated, I believe, failed attempt to get Giggle removed from the App Store and Google Play there was some media attention, all of which call me a turf and giggle transphobic. These are words mm-hmm. that are thrown at women on a daily basis who stand up for our own hard-won sex-based rights. Right? Now, through all of this, Grover, right, the CEO, continues to publicly push back on these accusations, primarily through or a lot of I've seen through Twitter, while also tweeting about kicking off trans women from the platform. So she is extremely active on social media. When you go and start looking at like, the threads of like communication, 
it uh yeah, yeah it's, it's it's challenging right because when you have a ceo that's that vocal like no matter how good you're trying to play it you're just giving people a lot of ammo on both sides to be able to react to it right Look, it's a lot more yeah. just- and the interesting thing too is that she's not necessarily uh she's actually her her position is a very you know progressive position which is the idea that oh no, there's there's females and then there's women and those are different things i'm just focusing on females because we agree that there's biological differences in sex at least most people even in that even in that sector even those even most people agree that there are biological differences that 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 comprise sex but the gender is is a kind of societal you know right, construct right. and there can be some variability there so that is her stated position is kind of a very you know kind of pro- progressive yeah uh, i mean uh, uh, stance I, I don't know if i would call her stance progressive I, I wouldn't only because i think she's doing it on purpose because as she says the term women has been app- heavily appropriated so therefore she's not going to use the term women it's not really i don't see it as being progressive and say no there's a clear distinction what people should feel about their gender versus what their sex is it's simply saying that right. when we're talking about gender i think that word is you know, I'm not putting words in her mouth, but I think she what she's saying is is being misused so much that I don't want to use that as the way that I frame what this company is all about, right? So look, at the end of the day, mm. we can let's we can parse this out more, but let's keep it simple: courage or cringe, creating a safe space for females, or just a new version of no colored or trans people allowed. Yeah, I think that your your argument about that she's kind of using it self, you know, she's being a bit self-serving with, um, with the definition of women and female and all that, because she may not actually, she, she thinks it's been kind of appropriated and highly charged. I think that that would fly except for, uh, in the beginning of when the app first came out, it actually did have a safe space for trans women. It did allow trans women on the platform and it reversed that position according to her, based on a series of kind of events that happened that then had them change their policy to focus only on females, to use that, mm-hmm. to use that terminology. So I think that that's a, you know, maybe evidence to the fact that, at least at the beginning, at the outset, that is what she wanted, was to have a platform for women, including trans women, but that at some moment that changed. Now, I, I, to your point about her being very socially active, it is true. I actually, j- I went... I, I went to uh, to uh, Twitter today, and there's a there's a whole post. I don't know if you if you actually caught it that she basically wrote in like an open letter to media. Oh, okay. Did you read no, that? I, I didn't see that one. No, I, I was looking at this and yesterday she, or before, so mm-hmm. yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see that one. Yeah, she she basically tells her whole story. And look, this this entire I'm not I'm not sure exactly you know whether I'm courage or cringe because it depends how we ask the question. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm courage. Uh, but but let me qualify it. I, I think the entire piece rests on the question of whether or not you hold on to or you see this notion that men and women are different, right? Uh, and, you know, for me, you know, w- women is what you call in English a female of the human species. To me, they are the same. They're inseparable. And that's the way that I, that I view it. And I think that for 99% of human history, that's been the case. But Anyway, I think the entire argument rests on that and how you view that that question. Now, the the thing that she posted today, which is what kind of made me think about this more, is she posted her entire story, which is, you know, former Hollywood screenwriter, which I didn't know. You know, she's Australian apparently, mm-hmm. had a, you know, success by all the trappings, by all accounts, very successful, wrote a bunch of pilots, sold a bunch of things to Netflix, blah blah blah. And then she she proceeds to to tell 
you know, successively the different times that she was sexually assaulted or sexually harassed by powerful Hollywood men. Mm -hmm. Literally like lists all of these instances, right? And she basically has a little bit of a breakdown. She leaves her career, moves to New York. She's fed up with all the toxicity of Hollywood, which by the way, if you're going to move anywhere, moving from LA to New York to avoid toxicity, uh, (laughs) interesting, interesting. But anyway, uh Yeah, and then she goes on and she tells, she's like, look, I moved to New York and I'm on these, I'm in Facebook Marketplace, I'm on Nextdoor, I'm trying to like get my apartment together and here I'm being propositioned in these apps. Right. I go into Facebook Marketplace looking for a sofa and the guy says, hey, you know what, I'll let you come live in my apartment rent free if you walk around naked. She like quotes this. Now, I'm taking all of this at her word. I have no reason to not believe what she's saying, right? So she goes, even there, even though I left all this toxicity behind – I go to New York and I realize, you know, it's the ecosystems. It's these platforms that are toxic. It doesn't matter where you live. It's like I'm dealing with this. And so she just basically kind of snaps, goes back to Australia on vacation. And then in a moment of kind of clarity decides I want to create a platform for women. That's basically mm-hmm. the, the sort of the story, right? Um, and then she proceeds to do this where it's open for, you know, all women, including trans women. But then according to her, there's all this trans – uh, activists that basically end up launching coordinated attacks, uh, doing death threats, rape threats, all kinds of different things. And then she decides to basically change the policy to focus only on on females. Now, there's 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 a question of whether what that actually would do, <laughs> yeah. because there could be females who still feel that way, right? Feel sure. the way as the trans activists do. Yeah. And can also and they are, because uh, attack they, you. There are also like a lot, a lot of women that are that are responding to this. Uh, mm-hmm. And they feel they don't obviously don't. You obviously have a lot of uh, women of color who are calling this out, but also not just women of color. When you look at the people that are commenting, it's not just the trans community that has issue with the way that she's going about the sure. community. I mean, look, I, I will say so. Yeah. Uh, let me finish. I have some thoughts in terms of some of the things that you said that you mentioned. No, no, yeah, go, go, go ahead. I mean, look, my one, my one real question, and maybe you can start with this: is can you because I. I and this is maybe stupid, but can you legally exclude someone based on their sex from a platform? I don't. Or I don't is this know. A policy yeah, yeah. that's just a rule. I, I, so that's a great question. But listen, I, I don't know that. But let's maybe we, let's set that one aside. Let's assume. Let's assume this is actual legal because if it's an illegal issue, then it's almost like a non-issue, right? It's illegal, and therefore it'll stop. I, I think of this more in the context. What I find really interesting about how she describes it as to why. She kicked out uh, uh, trans women. Is holding up this coordinated attack, and that they were calling people mm-hmm. turf, etc. And I'm thinking about a new company that's, that's going to be launching later this year, which is Truth Social. Right? This is the social platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that may not remember that the Trump that Trump uh, media holding, I forgot what the name of the company is, but basically the, the media company that Trump is, is launching. Uh, that David Nunez is now the CEO. Of, I, I want to say right. Um, is going to be launching the social platform that is all around the truth, right? Now, I, I, can, I can imagine a scenario that when Truth Social launches, the people that are going to join there and are going to join to then give other people a hard time or may have a different perspective that are maybe are anti-Trump. Let's, let's say, let's call them that. Yeah. And let's say that, that the group of people that are, that, are, that are doing that or that lead that effort are primarily minorities, primarily people of color, mm-hmm. black, Latino, et cetera. And if I then hear that the response from the folks at True Social, that, oh, great, then now exclude all people of color because we had this coordinated attack by these anti-Trump people who happen to be majority people of color. I don't want to have any people of color in this platform because I don't, I don't want to have that kind of toxicity into this conversation. I don't know how we can sit here with a straight face and say that that's okay. 
in any way whatsoever. Yeah. So therefore, when I think about that, I don't know how you then take that and apply it because to me, these are very similar scenarios that we're talking about that you're saying, so you're saying you actually don't have an issue with, if I'm reading it correctly, it's not really that you have an issue with trans women or trans women, let's say potentially even calling themselves women. Let's say that's a separate thing, right? But your issue is this coordinated attack that you felt that it was creating another unsafe space for the rest of the females. Well, why is the solve then excluding all trans women from this platform? Why is it the solve? Right, including the ones yeah, that, like, including the ones who may be on the side of, you know what, I agree with you. I just happen to have this, because trans this situation women in my life and this reality. are probably yeah. also dealing with harassment, also dealing with, look, we know that there's, I know friends. That, that well, you've also got trans women, Jesus, like Caitlyn Jenner, who are also very, in, in many cases, anti the trans activism. Yeah, yeah, right? that's so right. Yeah, so you have even, the whole spectrum, right? Look, and, and I, I, like, I have friends that I know that are women that have gone harassed, like, while, while trying to sell, like, a piece of furniture, right? Like, literally, like, things, like, on stupid, like, platforms, right? Uh, that's, what I, that's what happened. Yeah, this so that totally happens. Mm-hmm. So I have no doubt of any of that. But, but when I... The reason why, and I'm, I'm obviously, you know, uh, you know, foreshadowing here pretty, pretty, pretty easily what I'm, where I'm coming out. The reason why I'm cringe is that I don't buy her justification for excluding trans women as a reason, because yeah. when I when I think about another example of something that's just about to launch, I could easily see a similar conclusion, and I will have a, even a bigger issue potentially with that. But if I have an issue with that one, yeah. with people of color getting excluded for something like True Social, then why wouldn't I have an issue with? trans woman being excluded from this platform and that and that makes sense the only kind of maybe potential faultiness faulty faultiness see there's that unbelievable like i can't even talk it's crazy but the only faultiness potentially with your logic on that one is that a platform like this one at its starting point is exclusionary i.e only women let's just leave it at women only women a platform like truth social at least based on what they claim to do is from its inception an open platform, right? So I think that your starting points are very different. But, but potentially, um, but it, but it that, could be yeah. it could be Charlie. Like truth, social is all about truth. So don't come in here with misinformation. Now, what I call misinformation, but which which is what I consider truth, those right. could be two very different things, right? So we can still end up. Look, in I can't wait for place. that one to. You can end up in the same. I place. can't wait for that one to uh-huh. launch so that I can see if your theory was correct. Because <laughs> I'm 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 still holding you to your theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm going to see what happens on that one. Okay. Well, yeah, look, that makes, that makes sense. I do, I do, um, maybe we'll add it to the show notes though. I would encourage, um, everybody to read this woman's open letter, this woman Sal's open letter to the media from today though, explaining a little bit about her background because there is some stuff in there that, that made me look at this thing different. Again, I think your, your argument makes sense. Um, I'm not a fan of any of these social platforms, to be perfectly honest with you. I I have questions about the legality of excluding a sex, irrespective of anything else. I don't know if that's correct to do so. Like you know, so but in the in the context of everything that we're talking about, that's kind of the way that I approach it. Also, um, you know, the the last thing I will say about this one is just that when you think about the use of AI to determine whether a woman, female, even trans woman, whatever, whatever, Mm -hmm. like looks female enough, like. That's just a tough one, man. Like to get, I mean, what does that do? Like talk about like mental health. What does that do to your mental health when you get rejected for not looking like a woman enough to a, to a platform right, that's really about, about women by just technology, right? And especially if it, if it right. over-indexes on misgendering or not recognizing enough those that are darker. Like that's and, that, just, and that's definitely, that's definitely a point of consideration, but equally practice. scary 
Agreed. But equally damaging to me is this notion that, um, well, there's really no way to tell and there are no differences between females and males and women and men. And so it really just depends on how you're feeling. And that's just naturally and scientifically and genetically incorrect. And I think that can do a lot of damage as well. So I think that you know, we, we, if we just kind of figured out how to try to treat people with respect and not try to let, you know, computers do the tough, have the tough conversations, but rather, you know, weighted into those areas ourselves, I think we might be better off. I, but, I'll, um, I'll put this in the category, anyway. Charlie. I forget what the, the phrase you always use. This is differences in degrees, not differences in something in kind. In kind. And I think that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, yeah you may be yeah. right. But in any case, all right, so that was our first. So we are off to a great start. Disagreement. I want to have more disagreement going forward, not not less. Well, get ready. I'm sure there's more coming. Courage. So our next one, courage or cringe? Republican Representative Dan Crenshaw loses his temper after being questioned by a girl at a public event. So did you see the thing I told you about when Crenshaw went on to the, what's his name? The the South African dudes. uh, What's the South African late night host again? Trevor yeah, Noah. yeah, yeah. I seen that one so, a while ago. Yeah, that, that that happened months ago when he was on that on that show. Yeah, I'm sure. I saw I'm that. sure it wasn't new. Yeah. But I, but I, but I really appreciate it. I don't even know that I liked that particular episode, but I really appreciated um, Trevor Noah's show or that little segment mm-hmm. that he does where he's talking to people that he disagrees with, and he does it with respect, yeah. and they have a conversation. Yeah, and like, yeah. I was like, I thought that was really good. I, uh, What's it called? That is, uh, well, it's the Daily Show. Trevor Noah. That's what it is. It was just a segment within the, within the Daily Show. Oh, is that just a segment yeah, that yeah, he does? Because it's, it's that's the only thing I see on YouTube. I don't watch the yeah, shows. It's, it's called, I'm it's like everyone a, else on planet Earth. I don't watch. Yeah, it, it's TV. a Daily Show. <laughs> like, uh, but that was just a segment where he happened to have Dan Crenshaw on. You know, I I mean, I I've seen Dan Crenshaw on that. I also saw him when he um, uh, did an episode with Joe Rogan. Uh, the most mm-hmm. probably famous thing that people may know Dan Crenshaw from is the fact that he was. Uh, he got called out by uh, – they made a joke, a bad joke um, on him on Saturday Night Live. And then famously, oh, yeah. they apologized to him and had him come on the show. And he was, I think, very gracious in how he did it. Uh, he, he joined the show and, and, and you know, kind of called it out as well. So, uh, you know, that's probably the one that maybe from pop culture people may remember him a little bit more. Yeah, that they because they made fun of him that he lost his. Yeah, eye and it was it was, it was just, right? you know yeah. it was it wasn't just it was just wasn't a good joke, you know. And sometimes it was good jokes, even if there's good intent, that it's just really funny. It did not land, and they got called out on it. And to their credit, they apologized, reached out to him, and to his credit, he showed up on the show and took the apology in person. Um, but in any case, so but this just happened this past week, right? So things went very south very quickly for you know Republican Texan uh, Representative Dan Crenshaw for his interactions with a young girl at a Montgomery County Tea Party PAC meeting, right, this this past mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. who basically questioned his comments on a recent podcast. So during an episode of the Jocko podcast, who he's like a ex-Navy SEAL guy, he comes on, a pod, on Joe Rogan all the time. Um, Rep, uh, Representative Crenshaw was talking about role models, to which he said, the important thing is that we have societal he- hero archetypes that we love, that we look up to. Jesus is a hero mm-hmm. archetype. Superman is a hero archetype. Real characters too, you know. I can name a, a thousand. You know, Rosa Parks, Ronald Reagan. All these people embody certain attributes that the American people think that this is good, right? So referencing those comments, this young girl said to Representative uh, Crenshaw, and by the way, how young she was, they were like 
conflicting reporting that someone said was as young as 19, as 18, but it's, you know, young, young women, right? She basically said to him, I've seen you, you claim to be a Christian. You've talked about God, but when you claim Jesus is to be a hero archetype, you not only lied about Jesus not being real, but you lied about being a Christian. Then added, after mm-hmm. reading, then after reading the actually yes, you read his quote, so I can't wrap my head around this, right? Now, to which he responded, um, well, I'll help you. Put a period at the end of the word Jesus and don't question my faith. Nowhere in the quote am I saying Jesus isn't real. This is a ridiculous statement, right? Uh, he continued to say, on the podcast, nobody would have understood it, understood it that way. I think you're twisting it that way, which is not very Christ-like, which is not very Christian. It's, it's not, it's not, and I'm not going to have my faith questioned, right? Yeah. Now, to all of this, the crowd did not take it well. He immediately started booing mm. him. They were calling him a jerk for talking to a, to a young girl that way, you know, being called a moron. And other people started chanting, let's go Brandon, which is, by the way, the first time I ever seen that. I was like, oh, now this is like now, like the synonym for like, instead of saying yelling F you, right, now we're going to apply it to more people. So I thought that was kind of a really interesting dynamic of now this phrase kind of evolving and how it's being used, which I never heard of before, right? Yeah. But, but basically, in all of this, he's been accused of being two-faced, right? Taking one stance with, non, with a non-religious crowd and a very different one with the religious folks, right? So, courage or cringe, you can question me about mm. anything, but not my faith. Or, all is fair in love, war, and politics, especially when it's your own words. This is such an interesting exchange, too. Such an interesting story. I... I... I, you know, I've gone around a few times on this and it helped me a great deal to find a second video, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if you saw, but it's the same exchange with the same young woman, Mm -hmm. but from a different angle. Because the video that's gotten the most views is like from this one angle where you can't hear the very beginning part of it and then it kind of trails off. And then I saw another Uh one. So there's a number of things here that I think are interesting. One of them is that it seems, first of all, that even though Crenshaw is a Republican, he waded into some waters here at this particular event where he had, in a lot of respects, already, for whatever reason, I don't know, because I wasn't there, but he already had an antagonistic crowd going. Yeah. Okay. He had people who were like jeering him in a way. And if you look at the comments on Twitter, a lot of people are calling him a rhino, right? They're like, you're not really a conservative. You're kind of like a conservative in name only. Right. You're kind of faking it. Yeah. Right? You're, you're, you know. So this seems like it was a crowd, generally speaking, and I'm sure that there were people from all over the place, but generally speaking, it had a little bit of that bit yeah, I, I, where they're looking at him suspiciously. It, it seemed like it, almost. yeah, for sure. For sure, it seemed like it. Right? So it, ha- it had that. And, and, um, and, and I think the way that he responded um, was – really overly direct and overly curt but what the what the young woman said and yeah in the in the in the headlines it was like you know it made it sound like it was an 8 year old girl it wasn't right it, it was probably an adult young woman 18 19 years old but nevertheless young and um the, the question that she asked was extraordinarily posi- like it was a, it was positioned accusatorily uh, ac- sure. in an accusatory yeah. fashion rather it was it was rude. Yeah. It was yeah. like it was all those things, right? So so he got offended by that. There's no question he got offended. He got offended for being called out, and he was way curt in his response uh, uh, to her. Now I also oh, heard, way, but but, the, but, that, so but I, that's yeah, he's known ahead. for that, Charlie. He, he's he's a he's yeah. a guy that is like the don't question me on things, and that's not the first time that I see him respond that way. Now to respond this way to a younger woman. Especially in that kind of scenario. Yeah. It was reported that she was as young as 10, maybe, or maybe 19. 
I don't know, but either way, it was super rude. And the question was rude. I agree, but but this is the question but this was is definitely part rude, of his yeah. mo I, of like, hey, I I cannot be yeah. questioning certain things. Like like yeah. you don't have the right to question I'm a, on certain I'm, things. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. As I hear myself, as I hear myself describe it too, I'm a cringe on this, but I'm a cringe also on the, on the young woman, the young sure. lady, and the way that she the way that she asked that question. Here's the one interesting thing, though. I actually did go back and listen to the Jocko interview huh? as well, and I think you could have avoided all of this with just a little bit of more elegance in terms of how how he discussed it, because he said Jesus is a hero archetype. What he should have said is that Messiah is a hero archetype, meaning. That, you know, and it's true. We always have this like the one thing, like in the Matrix or in Star Wars with Luke Skywalker, the idea that there's one that will bring balance, that will bring whatever. That's an archetype and that's a Messiah archetype. But what this young woman heard was, you're calling Jesus fake. How can you claim to, you know, to call yourself a Christian? Well, you're a phony, but she was probably there already under the assumption that he's a little bit of a phony and not a real conservative. So this just added fuel to the fire, right? So. But that's not what he was saying. He was saying that it was an arch- the Messiah is an archetype, and it is an archetype, this idea of the one who will bring balance. On no level did he say that Jesus was not a historical figure or that Jesus or he wasn't Christian or whatever. I mean, so the whole thing was a little bit of a, of a hot mess, to be honest. But I'm a cringe, both for his response and how curt it was. It didn't have to be. But also the young woman, I mean, you know, she threw a massive rock at the guy, yeah. and it looked like it was, uh, it looked like it was uh, just an antagonistic environment it, it, to begin it, with, which is surprising. It, it was, um, and I think uh, in part also because she was using his direct quote to call him out on it, right? And I think, I, I agree with you. I think it was, is a, is a quote that if he had a do-over, he would probably say a little bit different. To me, actually, it wasn't what, what, what I, what stood out, what sort of raised my eyebrows when I heard it. I'm like, oh, yeah, you kind of, I could see how someone thinks of this as being like, you're saying that Jesus is kind of in the make-believe category because he literally is comparing Jesus and Superman as hero archetypes to then real people. And then he talks about real people right. being Rosa Parks, Ronald Reagan. And because of that distinction, he says, oh, yeah, and there's also real characters. I think it was really like, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying that Jesus is not real? What are you saying? Right? And, sure. And I'm of sure course. he didn't mean that. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's, it's – I'm not but, questioning but, but that. But if he would have said – for sure. That's what I'm saying. If you would have said, hey, there's Superman, there's the Messiah archetype, and there's real people, right. like, it, I don't know that there, we would have had this yeah, confusion. Yeah, you're, you're right about that. So I was cringe on that. Also, the thing that I wholeheartedly believe is that when you're in this kind of position and people are trying to judge what your values are based on your actions and your words, there shouldn't be ever a situation where a politician can then just turn around and say, you cannot question me on this one thing. Like it's a category that you can't ask me anything about because it's unquestionable. Well, well, why? Because I can't, if I want to know whether as a value, faith is in the same category as faith that is for me, which I think is part of the, the, the issue here is that you are in a, with a group of people that are probably are pretty high in terms of like their religiosity and Christianity here. I don't know what's in your heart, right? That's the way I would know whether how, how faith sort of fits with your heart. I don't know that. So all I could go with is the thing that you've said and what you do. So this whole thing that I am, uh, I am uh, beyond question as racing one thing or is out of bounds, I, even if the question was rude, which it was rude, I completely agree with you. I, I completely disagree with his approach of hearing that way. And unfortunately with him, I think this is not, once again, a new thing of taking that kind of grandstand, basically grandstanding with people, right? It's like, oh, no, no, you cannot question me on that. It's unquestionable. Like, no, no, no. Let's have a conversation because all we can react to is what you say and what you do. And when you say and do things that make you put in a category, it sounds like, 
because if there was if there was um uh what's his name uh bill uh the guy that was obviously a um uh or, or if it was ricky gervais charlie it made the exact same quote mm-hmm. we wouldn't give him the mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt that he meant something else we'll say no he actually means that jesus and superman are hero jesus archetypes a- because jesus is a hero archetype when you think about the messiah messiah to your point that doesn't mean that I'm saying that he's not real. I'm simply saying when you think about archetypes, he is one, right? But mm-hmm. if Ricky Gervais mm-hmm. were to make that exact same quote, who wouldn't look at that and be like, "Yeah, he's once again." This is a guy who's claiming that Jesus didn't right. exist. Right? He's yeah, putting him in the same category would. as Superman, yeah. a superhero. I think the thing that set him off was the woman saying, "You lied about being a Christian," and it went oh, right, yeah, it cut sure. right yeah, to yeah, the yeah, heart, yeah. and it just it just yeah, pissed him off. Because you're because because you're right. He should be able to objectively answer a question of, of, about Christianity without ever touching on the subject of his own personal faith. He should be able to objectively be able to say, "Look, here's what what I meant, or here's what right. the situation you know was." And and I don't choose to talk about my own personal faith more deeply than this, but let me at least answer the question. But he didn't. He he got goaded and he sna- you know snapped at this at this woman, and the crowd seemed to enjoy it quite a bit. And it, it was uh, that's the part that maybe surprised me yeah. or interested even, me the but most. Even the point, yeah. just how antagonistic that crowd even was. Even that point that you just made, Charlie. Like when if I was to hear that from a politician, I guess part of the question becomes: Is faith part of his platform? Part of who he is that he that he is public mm-hmm. about? Because to me, if he is public about it and it's part of the platform, then he should have to talk about more. Like, where does it actually fit within his? If it's sure. not, if it's like, hey, you know, yeah, maybe I'm religious, but you know, it's not a big, big part of who I am or how you should be thinking about me. Then fine, don't talk about it. But then that is your answer. But you can't tell me that no, 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 I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm, I'm, you know, very much about the faith, etc. Just don't ask me anything about it because that's my faith. And you can't question it. Like, well, wait a minute. Is it is right. it a part of yeah, who I'm you not, are, your, I'm not brand, su- your platform, or it's not? Yeah, I'm not suggesting it would be a good answer, but I'm saying at least there would be a different way to explain yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, information. I, I mean, look how, how would you how would you feel if somebody said to you like different question, but like, hey, you know, you talk about being an American, but you're not really a patriot. Like, you don't really believe that, and, and like. You know, it starts off from this point of total just accusation that it can, you know, it can get your yeah. your dander up like in a second. You well, know what I mean? I and you, that, like, you want to deal with that and go, don't question my patriotism. You know, it's like because you're instantly in a but, fight. But to me, that's the but, worst but again, answer. It's something you would Sorry, think, that's the worst answer to give. If you tell someone no question about patriotism, yeah. like then I'm going to question patriotism even more. Right. Well, and that's an in- yeah, of course, and that and that's actually the the, the point that the psychology uh, s- supports and would suggest is that taking offense to that level about an issue means that the answer is hit close to home, right. in a sense of it's 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 hit you in a place of vulnerability for sure to respond that way, right? If you did, if you were like, look, there's you can't shake my faith. I mean, I'm a person of faith. I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Nothing you can say. In fact, just like the martyrs for thousands of years, I would die. To, I would go to my grave if that's what it took to support this belief. So there's nothing you can do that can shake right. me. Like that would be from a point of uh, like psychologically, that would be somebody uh, speaking from a point of real belief. For sure, with, uh, there's you know, no or, doubt or, there, right? You know yeah, you're, you're not, you're not, threatened, you're not no threatened by that statement. That is, someone told me now, right. oh, you're not real Latino. Okay, like. Whatever, like, that makes that, that has no bearing whatsoever to how I feel about myself, right? I'm like, yeah, you're 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 dumb. What are you talking about? That would be my reaction. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be like, you don't question my, you know, my Latino card, etc. Like my Latino, my Latino. Like, yeah. like, get out of here. So yeah, I, I agree with you. But it was a really interesting dynamic. Uh, obviously, this this 
this case. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe there is a growing contention here of people, how they feel about about him. I, he definitely didn't, didn't win any people over with that with that uh, interaction. And, um, you know, we'll see if there's any kind of fallout for him going forward. Yeah, makes sense. All right. Let's move on to our last courage or cringe. China warns foreign Olympic athletes against speaking out on politics at Winter Games. Ah, mm. uh, that can that can be good. Uh, Yang Shu, Deputy Director General of International Relations for the Beijing Organizing Committee, said in a news conference last week, "Any expressions that is in line with the Olympics with Olympic spirit, I'm sure, will be protected. Any behavior or speech that is against the Olympic spirit, I know, right? Especially against the Chinese laws and regulations, are also subject to certain punishment." Mm. Right now. This is actually a stance that is that is in line, or at least somewhat in line, with the International Olympic Committee, the IOC, which established rules against political protests at the games. Right, Rule Fifty yeah. of the IOC, yeah. which we've talked about we on the show before. We were talking too, about the, 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 yeah. uh, the women, the um, the hammer, hammer thrower, the hammer thrower. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right, I would say javelin, yeah, but it wasn't javelin. Thrower. It was hammer mm-hmm. thrower. Yeah. So, Rule Fifty of the IOC Charter forbids demonstrations or political, religious, or racial propaganda at Olympic venues, right? Now, adding to this, the speakers at a seminar hosted by Human Rights Watch said they were advising athletes against criticizing China's human rights record while in Beijing for their own safety. And, and obviously there are a number of concerns here, right? There's the overall questionable record on human rights by the Chinese government. You also have Chinese laws that are much stricter as it relates to speech against the government, right? That in much, many other countries. And there's been a number of cases of people being sent to prison who stage political protests or even make comments on social media. Even people that have been disappeared, frankly, that all of a sudden, like, you can't find them anywhere, right? There was actually the case, that I'm sure you, you heard, of that tennis player, right, who, like, all of a sudden no one could find her, who had made some public comments about a, about a Chinese official that basically had, I think, either molested her or raped her or something and, and, and along, along those lines. Talked about it on social. All of a sudden, she was like gone and then this video gets produced about how happy she is with friends and having dinner and it looks like a total chorus thing right um and by the way then there is this health tracking smartphone app that the olympics attendees are required to download right so health tracking smart app uh which according to citizen lab which is a canadian cybersecurity research group has secu- has said that they have security flaws that made users personal data vulnerable right According to them, the app's code included a list of political keywords and a feature that allows users to report politically sensitive content. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? I can, it, yeah, it's like it's like uh, you can imagine you can imagine on the taxonomy of a you know Chinese website, the shortest page is privacy policy. Right. It just says no. <laughs> Just no. Oh, man. It's like, what is your, you know, like, here is your current heart rate. And have you seen anyone talk shit about China? <laughs> yes or no? And you better, and you and better stop. Not, not you know, I have up, a cousin. Right? Uh-huh. I don't know if you and I have talked about this, but I have a cousin who, um, uh, so my family is Colombian, for those who don't know, but um, my, my one of my cousins, um, he and his family has got two girls, um, and he he's he lives in Colombia, but were lived in Colombia up until a few years ago, and his company sent him to work in China. He's been living in China for the last like three years, um, and he when he's come to visit to LA, like he's come you know on trips on the way through to New York or whatever it may be, and like he'll tell me stuff, um, you know about the way that 
your every move is documented in China. Like your every move. They'll get like he gets like little reports. Almost like you know how when you run a um a stop sign in LA, a stoplight in LA, you'll get they'll take right. a picture of you and you get it back, you get it in your house with yeah. the ticket. It's it's like that, but for everything. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. about the 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 commentary that you're doing or not doing. You know, you're not kind of like doing enough of your social currency online to like drive the good of society and whatever mm-hmm. else. There's pictures of you going in and out of everything, everywhere, your car, your work, your what? I mean, it's like Terrible, you're yeah. un- under constant surveillance, right? And so it, it, there, there really is, and and that's where I think this this whole conversation around China tends to get bogged down is there are legitimately legitimate differences in culture. There's no question about it. They're a very collectivistic culture. They don't necessarily have the same attributes of individualism that they have in the United States. All those things are true. Their 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 uh, perspective and positions on the cult- culturally on religion is very different. But none of those things necessarily have to be immoral, right? Even in fact in Latin America, a lot of our cultures are very collectivistic, sure. right? Not so focused on individuals. But so there's that whole side of the conversation. And then there's some other stuff that just falls into a different category, right, right. okay, to my mind. <laughs> yeah. And and I think, you know, the, the nuance between those two poles is where a lot of this conversation grinds to a halt for, my, for, for me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Look, so the way I, I, I phrase this or frame this as a courage or cringe is, you know, IOC maintaining the spirit of the game by keeping politics out of sports or – IOC enabling China to continue their human rights violations. Yeah, I mean, look, for for me, it's a cringe because they're ratcheting up what you and I talked about originally with the hammer thrower was around organized protests, wearing certain things, making speeches on podiums, doing different things like that protest to now saying any expression or speech. Right. And then they go even further to qualify, especially against China. To me, that is beyond the bounds of the IOC's um, uh, whatever restrictions or whatever the rules are that they had come up with before, right? Which I don't even know if I agree with those necessarily, but at least they seem to be focused on protest. Now we're really talking about expression and speech very, very broadly, right. and I think that's really, you know, bad. I also think that, like, you know, look, we're really, again, talking about the situation with the Uyghurs, right? This Muslim community that's there that is a, an ethnic minority, right? These are Central Asian people. They have literal concentration camps there mm-hmm. where people are like being sterilized forcefully, where there's all kinds of abuse that's been documented, not by one, not by two, but like dozens of international agencies have been looking at this for a long time. And like, look, you know, we can say, hey, you know what? Panama and Ecuador are also collectivistic and they're a different culture. Yeah, but they don't have concentration camps right. there where like we're, we're, you know, people are getting sterilized and abused and raped and killed and disappeared. And like so so like that's just in a different it's a different category of stuff that people are protesting about China, yeah. which which gives it their this urgency. It's not like just, oh, this is a different culture. Like get over, get over it. You right. Know? And I've seen some of that, to be honest. I've seen some of that recently by very rich people. We, we almost had it as a courage or cringe. Mm-hmm. The CEO of um, – not the CEO, but one of the part owners of the, um, of the uh, uh, Golden State Warriors mm-hmm. who got himself completely demolished last week when he went out. He's like, I don't even care about the Uyghurs and nobody else cares about the Uyghurs. Like who cares about this stuff? Like he you – know, and a lot of people have this very passive attitude to what essentially is concentration camps going on in that country, and that's not okay. Yeah. So, well, and on the, uh, on the NBA on this side, obviously, this has been a, a, a brewing issue. You know, we talked about before uh, Cantor, right? Uh, and it's Cantor uh, who plays the oh, Celtics yeah, yeah. who's been very, very vocal, vocal about this and putting pressure 
on the NBA, on Nike, on some of the superstars of the NBA, like LeBron James, of saying, saying and doing more to speak up on the issues that are happening there. No, I mean, look, I, I totally get that. Look, from from uh, in terms of this, I'm also cringe for a whole set of reasons. Um, obviously, disagree with with what's happening there. I, I disagree with the fact that IOC seems to be enabling China to once again uh, continue or escalate their human rights violations, and is it's it's a massive, massive issue and uh, and a real threat for these athletes. But I, but frankly, one of the questions I want to talk to you about, which is part of the reason I want to talk to have this discussion, is like. Okay, but then what do yeah. you do? Do you then because the reality what you should have done is not have it in China. Right? It shouldn't even be in there. Because if you, as an IOC as a body, you're saying that part of your rules is that people still need to follow local government rules. You have to because you're in that country, right? But if but if you're operating in a country where the rules that they have violate human rights, then what? Right. And if, and if you if you say we're not going to allow uh, or we're not going to be, uh, you know, running any Olympics in China until they change the new rules, you could totally see China say, well, well then I'm then I'm not going to participate in, in the Olympics anymore. And then you apply it to not just to China, but to all the other countries that you disagree with. So then soon enough, you get to the situation where it no longer lives up to being this global games that has clear representation across the various countries that should elevate above the fray, above the politics, above all the issues that governments have with each other. And that's, I think, is like the really tricky balance in accuracy. I wanted to get your take on that because there is things, that, you know, we talked about it last week, yeah. right? There's like, yeah, it's one thing where a country has different rules and I can live by that. But then when there is these these more fundamental violations that are happening, it's like, I'd rather not even be part of that whatsoever. But how do you apply that in a, in a global game? We have very different governments, very different cultures, very different views of of how to think about some of these some of these issues and still keep it still keep the spirit of what the Olympics should be about, right? Which is a global competition. Yeah, and look, my my tongue in cheek answer, Jesus, would be let's just exclude the countries that have active concentration camps. How about we start with that? Yeah, I mean, but it- that's my tongue in cheek answer because we're talking about a million people, seven figures worth of people who are treated like donkeys basically all day in little shacks and stuff and abused, and Show me the country doing that. I'm going to say let's exclude them too. Why don't we start with that? You see what I'm saying? So like, yeah, I agree the whole international, the putting our differences aside. But historically, there's been, you know, Russia ran into some stuff. Germany in uh, World War II. um, Mm -hmm. Like there's been those moments historically, right, where we've had to go like, wait a minute, time out. The international community has a part to play in this and to say, hey, no. But I agree with your point that like, at this point, it, we're trying to put like lipstick on the pig. The damage is way right. done. It, it should have ha- this should have been talked about like I, whenever. I, I, I don't it, know when these, these are not are new issues, right? That's the other thing. These are, these are not new things that are coming up, and uh, I think the mistake was actually allowing for these Olympics to take place in China. If you do actually disagree with this big, big human rights violations that are happening there, and then let that play out. If, if maybe. Maybe not being there means that they don't want to participate. Then you know there has to be a line drawn somewhere. I mean, the the tricky thing here is like, okay, well then where does that line then end, right? Where do you go from? Okay, maybe yeah. you know, uh, you know, human trafficking camps or, or or you know, to like dictatorships, to governments that are much more like socialist potentially or communist in general. Like you can start going down the line, right? Uh, and and kind of go from there. So I think that's part of the challenge. But it, it, it sure feels like a mess that they're trying to now kind of fix. And and frankly, by giving that kind of guidance to athletes, 
while I understand the intent to keep them safe, frankly, I would love to see athletes say, fuck that, and protest anyway. Because <laughs> Here's my official no, statement. No, I'm serious, because guess what's going to happen if you give all, the, all these athletes from the U.S. get arrested? If the 4 by 100 team for the U.S. gets arrested and gets put into, into jail in China, you know the U.S. is not going to sit there and be like, oh, well, you know, you do the rules, good luck. Yeah. Like, I think that's what's going to actually drive actual change. Yeah. Didn't that happen in Brazil, too, with the swimmers? I don't remember that. I don't they know. They got arrested yeah. or something. Do you I don't remember, remember this? That. No. But I think it was because they did something stupid. There was a local law that they <laughs> Well, that's different, but, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Throw, throw away the key. Throw away uh, the that's key. That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, remember when, uh, who was it that got arrested? Was it Travis Scott? And then uh, Trump was like, we're getting my boy out immediately, right? It was in, uh, oh, yeah. for, like, for getting yeah. like in a bar fight. Oh, no, no. It was, um, yeah, who was it? it like in uh, Saudi Arabia or something, no, right? No, no, wasn't no. It? it wasn't Saudi Arabia. It was, um, uh, it was somewhere else. Uh, it, was, it wasn't Saudi Arabia, but it was. It, I think I think it was Travis Scott. I want to say it was Travis Scott. Was it Travis? Oh no, Scott? it was uh, mm. or or ASAP Rocky. One of those two. ASAP Rocky. That's what it was. No, it was ASAP Rocky for and sure. And then Trump yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. "My boy, got, he, Rocky, we're getting them out. Like, get them out. Send the troops. Get them out." <laughs> <laughs> There's like a battalion on the like way there to, to, to rescue ASAP Rocky. You kidding me? Like that dude was out wow. quick. Well, see, there you go. So that's wow, you know that's how it happened. Wow. And you know Biden's not gonna let let and Trump be the one that has you know that is cool with the artists or with the athletes. You know he's gonna be like, "I'm right. just as cool as that guy." So, so I gotta win some gotta points. Win some point. Gotta win some. Gotta points. get some polls up. Yeah, <laughs> this is what I need. Oh man, well we we definitely have a very different dynamic now with uh, with good old uh, Mr. Biden in office. For sure. Um, very very different. Very quiet. Very you know not a lot to talk about. Um, <laughs> But anyway, well, anyway, that's that's where we're at, I guess, for uh, for this week. Jesus, anything else to uh, to bring to the table here for us to consider? No, no, I think that's it. All right. Hopefully this is the last of our remote episodes. We'll be uh, in studio to battle it out next week, God willing. Um, but yeah, so that's us. That's our show. I guess we'll see you again next time on another episode of TDR. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode of the Diversity Remix, please remember, first of all, to subscribe and help us to spread the word. Tell your friends, family, coworkers, and give us a five-star review. We're available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else you get your listening fix. And lastly, please remember to stop by blackbrown.us, the creator of this podcast, and take a look at our work and our approach at the intersection of diversity and business. The Diversity Remix is produced by Leo Gomez. The Diversity Remix is a production of Black Brown. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Caesars Sportsbook is the only sportsbook app with Caesars Rewards. 
That means win or lose, every bet brings you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Like hotel stays at over 50 iconic destinations, bonus bets, daily profit boosts, tickets to the game, dining, and so much more. Whether you're a new or existing customer, Caesars Sportsbook is always rewarding. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Caesars Sportsbook. Don't just spectate, participate.